baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home. Homeschooling the kids. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS Radio. If you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. Make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get... All the latest episodes on the show. A little renegade by Sticks, the long arm of the law. <laughs> That's appropriate for our next guest. So the Kansas Supreme Court ruled Wednesday that a congressional map drawn by lawmakers is legal under the Kansas Constitution. The ruling creates a landmark decision in the state court that had never previously considered the legality of what some are calling a clear case of gerrymandering. I say it's a clear case of, you know, spilt milk, but whatever. Joining us now to walk us through the ruling and how the decision may impact the November election is Attorney General Derek Schmidt, our next governor. General, thank you for joining us this evening. Hey, John, thanks for having me on, and thanks for not making me sing along with that fine tune that uh, intro of this segment. <laughs> you know, one of these days, you do have a, a, a definite base, a, a phenomenal base. I think you and I could actually, if we get two others, we'd make a nice little barbershop quartet, brother. Well, not before the election. <laughs> How about if I get, if I promise not to film it? Huh? <laughs> um, so, Derek, tell me, is the lower court had de- had declared the map unconstitutional? They said it was a gerrymander. The Supreme Court's the two-page ruling overturned that decision, um, but they didn't really give the reasoning behind it, nor did the seven justices tell us how they voted, right? That's right. Uh, there's going to be more to come. The court said that uh, essentially they're giving us this very succinct bottom line ruling, which is that the map is upheld. It's constitutional. We can use it. We can rely on it, proceed with the election. And then they're going to take a little more time and write the more complete ruling that lays out their reasoning and we'll know exactly how the justices, but well, presumably we'll know how they voted um, and if there are any dissents or concurrences. So we, we don't yet know the down in the weeds details, but we do know the bottom line. And the bottom line is this map is legally satisfactory and the election can proceed to use it. So the filing deadline is June 10th. No further appeals are, are likely, correct? I mean, it's this is it. We're done. Move on. That's right. I mean, you never say never until we actually read the opinion, the appellate time runs, and, you know, the other side says they're not going to. But I cannot conceive of a basis that uh, uh, would present a reason for appeal for the other side. I think we're done. It's uh, It's been a good week for you. Uh, this week, you also won an injunction in federal court blocking the Biden administration from proceeding with their plan to lift Title 42 border restrictions. They were supposed to schedule tomorrow, right? That's right. Tomorrow was the day that the president's administration had announced they were going to lift these Title 42 restrictions. And that, you know, even the Department of Homeland Security, the Biden administration's own DHS, said that they expected up to 18,000 uh, migrants a day to start hitting the border. And 
So, you know, the, the consequences were potentially very, very large, and we were pleased we got this injunction in place. I hope it holds. I'm, I'm optimistic. The Biden administration hasn't given up. They've quickly appealed or said they're going to appeal the injunction, so we'll get to litigate it now in the Fifth Circuit. But I felt very good about the district court's ruling, and it, it's the right outcome. Where do we stand on that case? So you say the Biden administration's already appeal i mean what are they they're they're trying to appeal it based on on what just because it's a policy that he promised to his base when he ran for election i mean what's the justification yeah you know essentially we're arguing about uh, how the cdc has the what mechanisms it has to use when it makes these sorts of decisions and our view and the one that prevailed in the lower court is that it's it's like issuing a rule or a regulation and there's process an opportunity for notice and comment and input and all of that and because the administration skipped all of that stuff and, and states, for example, were unable to present arguments on uh, why it may be a bad idea to go ahead and lift the, the Title 42 restrictions, that the administration had to stop. Their, their view is that these aren't like rules and regulations. It's just, quote unquote, just a public health order. And CDC can essentially do what it wants. It can enter the order. It can lift the order. Uh, without any sort of special process or opportunity for input. We think that's wrong. Obviously, they think that's right. And that's really technically what we're fighting about in the case. Well, I I mean, I'm glad to see that, again, you had the two wins. Uh, I just hope that that streak continues, General. I really do. (laughs) You and me both. You and me both. You know, one of the things, John, that's just driving me crazy, the Biden administration continues to fight us on all of these vaccine mandates. Yeah. Uh, The the OSHA mandate went away. I mean, they withdrew that and... Last time I checked, they hadn't republished. But all the other mandates, the ones that we have blocked by uh, court order, plus the one that we didn't get blocked, which is the CDC mandate, uh, they're they're fighting us tooth and nail on all this stuff. Uh, It's kind of dropped out of the headlines because we're now down in the, you know, the legal weeds and appellate courts. But you'd think maybe they would just sort of quietly go away on some of this stuff. They got their hands slapped by the courts. The the pandemic has waned. Uh, But, uh, no, they're still fighting for for uh, you know the power they've exercised here, so obviously we're fighting back. Do you think they're fighting that just to preserve their ability to impose them in the future? For, I mean, it's sort of like why Laura Kelly vetoed the mask mandate legislation the legislature passed because she wanted to be able to preserve her ability to impose that type of restrictions in the future. I think that's right. Uh, you know, they don't want to be boxed in by a legal ruling that says they can't do this. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they'd be well advised just to to uh, uh, let things go, but nonetheless, here we go. We'll yep. find it. Well, you know, again, appreciate you fighting. We're we're talking with Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Uh, another major story came out this week, but hasn't really, like the last one, hasn't been covered mm-hmm. by the local news much. Was a report from the Kansas Department of Labor that showed the Kansas economy under Governor Kelly lost a hundred private sector jobs in the month of April. But here, here's the here's the really good news. We added 600 new government workers. Oh, go! Woohoo! That's great news. <laughs> I know, isn't it something? Yeah, this has gotten. I, I haven't seen any uh, press attention on it. Maybe there's been some, but we we actually pulled the monthly jobs report and, of course, went through it, and and that was just a shocking number to me. They created 600 new government jobs, lost 100 uh, private sector jobs, and seem proud that the net is 500 <laughs> jobs up, and. I, you know, that's obviously not a sustainable path, separate apart from any philosophy. You can't just keep taxing people, using the money to hire more people and not kill the goose that, that laid the golden egg. And so it's uh, it, it's distressing. If it, if, it, if it weren't so distressing, it'd be, you know, funny, but it's uh, it's really distressing. It's it's moving us in the wrong direction. We're supposed to be growing the state, uh, not just not the, government. the government. Yeah, well, and this, this despite the fact that the U.S. economy seems to be recovering, I, I saw 94% of jobs lost to COVID have been recovered nationwide, but Kansas is at 77%. So this is the same trend that we're seeing statewide here as well when it comes to recovery. That's right. And, and, you know, those numbers you just used, John, those are the Kelly administration's own numbers. It's from their Department of Labor. Uh, Again, hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but uh, we have lagged way behind in terms of recovering those jobs that were destroyed by the lockdowns in March and April of 2020. Uh, The nation as a whole doing much, much better at uh, getting back on its feet, uh, back to where it started than Kansas is. And uh, that's nothing to be happy about. We're not happy about it, but it is something we need to point out because I think it, it illustrates the sort of lackluster leadership in this administration. 
General, I, I saw last Sunday you participated in the National Peace Officers Memorial Day ceremonies across the state. Uh, most people ha- are probably aren't aware we've already seen 107 law enforcement line of duty deaths in 2022. There were 623 who lost their lives last year, yet many Democrats still call for defunding the police in this country. It just seems like... I mean, well, these people never learn. I, I saw your comments and I that you, you made at part of the ceremonies on on you know commemorating the day. It just seems like they're tone deaf in so many ways. This is just another one. Well, I, I don't disagree with that conclusion, John. And, and with respect to law enforcement in particular, I mean, here are these men and women who go out on the street every single day and keep us safe. They stand between uh, innocent private citizens and people who do harm and do uh, terribly violent things and, and things that are almost unspeakable in some cases. And they're, they're what give us the ability to have a civilized uh, community society that uh, so many people are able to live in without really knowing what it takes. So, you know, we ought to be saying thank you each and every day, and we ought to be investing more in the professionalism and development of our law enforcement officers, uh, not trying to tear them down, criticize them, call them racist, or or otherwise uh, disparage the profession or the men and women who serve in it. So we're going to stand up and keep doing that, as we always have. I, I mentioned earlier in the, you know, as we were talking, the filing deadlines, June 10th, you're on the ballot, obviously, Running for governor, I'm sure you've seen it. Laura Kelly's already spent, um, from what I was told, she spent $800,000 so far attacking you and taking credit for bills that she had nothing to do with. Um, I know you. I know you've been traveling around the state. I've seen you out and about. I've seen you going, you know, crisscrossing the state, talking to folks. Uh, what are you hearing? Because, you know, if you watch TV, it's your you know, back to Brownback and Brownback Brown. You'd think that she was running against Sam Brownback, not you. <laughs> well, I think that's true. Maybe the governor's a bit confused what year it is or who the <laughs> opponent is. I'm not sure about all that. But uh, look, they, they've spent an enormous amount of money in May. You're right. The governor's campaign directly has spent about $800,000 on TV that we've been able to find. But that doesn't count uh, the money that some of her dark money allies have also spent. The right. Kansas Values Institute is about a million five. So between the two of them, they spent very close to two and a half million dollars already. And here it is, May. That's, you know, sort of a, an unprecedented early number in Kansas. But I tell you what it says, John, it just says how desperate they are. And they understand that they're playing a hand that's very weak. This is going to be a terrible year for Democrats around the country, including in Kansas. The Laura Kelly squandered three years and did nothing nothing uh, for the people of the state of Kansas uh, with the trust she was given as governor. And now she spent the last year, you know, running around and and looking desperately for parades to jump in front of and try to claim credit for other people's work. So, you know, I I guess I can't begrudge them. Uh, At the end of the day, one thing they have is a whole lot of -of out-of-state money for special interest groups, and that's what they're trying to play to. It's not going to work. Uh, you ask what Kansans are saying, and they're saying they're ready for a change. They want a center-right state, not an off-to-the-left state. They want strong leadership, not this kind of effectless leadership that uh, we have in the governor's office now. And we're going to give them that strong alternative, and I believe they're going to take it. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. I, the filing deadline's June 10th. I got to ask, um, I, you know, I know you're looking at lieutenant governor candidates. I haven't had my appointment for my second interview yet, though. I we we had that first conversation. When when are you calling me up for my second interview for lieutenant governor? Because we haven't you haven't named one yet, so I got to figure I'm still on the list. Yeah, why don't uh, <laughs> why don't we talk about that when we plan our barbershop quartet, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the segment, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that, John. Yeah, uh-huh. do we have? An, I mean, I'm sure you're vetting candidates. People are curious. Have you got? I mean, we're going to find out something soon. Yeah, we will have an announcement soon, and obviously as the filing deadline's coming up, uh, we have been working very diligently on it, and I feel very, very good about where we are, but uh, we'll have that ready to go soon. Yeah, see, I knew, I, I tried to get my name on the ballot. I tried. It was, you know, it was worth a try. You got, you can't blame me. <laughs> General, if folks You'd are... you be a great partner. you be a great partner. <laughs> and you know, I have your back, brother. If folks are interested... You're on Twitter at Derek Schmidt KS, and of course the website is SchmidtForKansas.com. If folks are interested, if they want to volunteer, if they want to donate, like you said, I mean, I'm shocked at those numbers, how much the Kansas values and how much Laura Kelly's already spent. 
But you've got to keep pace with that $2 million. So if they need help, if they want to donate, that's the place to go, right? SchmidtforKansas.com? Absolutely is. I'd be grateful for any help. At the end of the day, it's about people and votes. Uh, the money is a means to an end. We just got, we got to do it all. Derek, I appreciate you as always. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you, John. Take care. We'll be taking your calls at 845, but coming up after the break, we'll talk about the importance of voting yes on the value them both amendment with former Trump White House Director of Strategic Communications, Mercedes Schlapp. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Odyssey is looking for an experienced digital and radio account executive to join our team. Odyssey seeks an experienced, self-motivated sales professional to develop and sell advertising and marketing campaigns to new and existing clients with an emphasis on new business development and digital sales. The account executive will use a wide variety of Odyssey's products in their portfolio to solicit businesses for advertising in their on-air, non-traditional, and digital platforms. If you are interested in a career in radio, submit your resume to odysseyinc.com careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action employer. Think about this almost every day you benefit from one or more of your guaranteed freedoms in the first amendment when you practice your religion when you speak your mind when you write a letter to the editor or post on social media when you gather together peacefully with others for a cause when you write to congress or the government asking for change these are five freedoms guaranteed to every american in the first amendment think first go to thinkfirstamendment.org to learn more sponsored by the kansas broadcasters and press associations People are guaranteed five freedoms in the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Freedom of religion. Freedom of the press. Freedom to peacefully assemble. Freedom to petition the government. Only the United States has these five freedoms so simply bound together and guaranteed. Think first. Learn more at thinkfirstamendment.org. Sponsored by the Kansas Broadcasters and Press Associations. The drug landscape has changed. Illegal fentanyl has made its way into the drug supply. A synthetic opioid up to 50 times stronger than heroin. Up to 100 times stronger than morphine. It only takes the tiniest amount to cause a fatal overdose. Although fentanyl is being mixed into almost every kind of drug, you wouldn't be able to see it, smell it, or taste it. Know the dangers. Learn the facts about fentanyl at cdc.gov slash stop overdose. Steve and Ted Mornings. Beware of online dating scams. Ah. Fine advice here about dating scams. If it looks too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Oh, but Mandy looks so pretty. Yeah. And she says she needs money. So we can go traveling together. These friend requests from young ladies whose pictures I have said, no. No. They could be anything. Who knows? It's pretty amazing how quickly you can identify that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is not real. Steve and Ted in the morning on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Think about this. Almost every day, you benefit from one or more of your guaranteed freedoms in the First Amendment. When you practice your religion, when you speak your mind, when you write a letter to the editor or post on social media, when you gather together peacefully with others for a cause, when you write to Congress or the government asking for change, these are five freedoms guaranteed to every American in the First Amendment. Think first. Go to thinkfirstamendment.org to learn more. Sponsored by the Kansas Broadcasters and Press Associations. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. As always, you can listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Little Matthew West, Unplanned, theme from the uh, from the film. If you haven't seen that film, by the way, you have got to go see Unplanned. It's fantastic. I know there are uh, still uh, 
options to, to watch it. Get the DVD if you have not seen the movie. It's fantastic. As many of you already know, in 2019, an activist radical Kansas Supreme Court changed the Kansas Constitution. <laughs> it's a head-scratcher, I know. Making it impossible to regulate abortion in even the simplest of ways. And unlike our neighboring states, taxpayer-funded and late-term abortion could soon be 100% legal in Kansas unless you vote yes on the Value Them Both Amendment coming up on August 2nd. Joining us now to discuss the importance of, of voting yes on the Value Them Both Amendment is Mercedes Schlapp. She has served in two presidential administrations as director of specialty media under George W. Bush and as White House Director of Strategic Communications in the Trump administration. She is a frequent Fox News contributor and a columnist for several publications, including U.S. News and World Report and The Washington Times. She and her husband, Matt, will be here in Wichita next month on June 6th for the Value Them Both educational event and rally at Central Christian Church. And we are thrilled to have her here this evening. Mercedes, thank you for, uh, for taking time to join us this evening. John, thank you for having me. It's it's so great to connect with uh, all of our Kansan family. Um, as you all know, Matt uh, grew up in Kansas. To him, I think Kansas will always be home. And of course, uh, you know, I've been married to the guy for 20 years, so I, I, it's rubbed off. Okay, so we we love our Kansas family, and we're looking forward uh, to joining this important event. Uh, and rally on Monday, June 6th, as you were mentioning, 7 p.m. to 8.30, which actually, you know, if you all, anyone who's listening, if you all want to go, you can get tickets, which is even better yep. uh, to have you all join us that uh, that great night. Well, and, and you and I both know that, that we still have hold near and dear to our hearts. We still have, have mother slap here in Wichita. So, right. yeah, I mean, we got, we got to recognize who the boss of the family is oh I, I call her i think it, i think for mother's day i put out a post on facebook and i was like sue schlapp the matriarch yeah. yes thank you um, yes. she's uh <laughs> she's amazing she really is such the rock of our family and uh you know obviously god being the rock of our family and sue schlapp really um just so such an amazing such an amazing woman and obviously leader in the community oh yeah she's awesome i love sue it, it, she's Sort of, you know, hat tip. You know, it's one of those. Oh, okay, here comes here comes Mrs. Schlapp. Let's everybody behave. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's what my that's what my kids say too. They're like, Grandma's coming. Great, yep. <laughs> Gotta behave. <laughs> um, let let me ask you. You know, I don't know what what the Kansas Supreme Court did. <laughs> Kansans have the opportunity on August second to decide whether our state is known as a place that values both women and children. Or if we're going to be a destination for late-term abortion, that's really what this comes down to. Because if we don't pass this amendment, we're going to be a tourist destination for abortion. Or am I exaggerating that? No, you're you're absolutely right. And I think the fact that Kansas moved into such an extreme uh, situation with this state court ruling, I mean, in, in radically changing this constitution, what it's given is that it's really given the abortion industry a lot of power. And we've seen about 30, 13% increase in abortions in Kansas since 2019. Just think about that. You have other states right now, John, like Texas, like Oklahoma, like uh, Idaho, you know, you go around the board and it's close to 20 states. They're getting through passing, for example, the heartbeat bills, right. the trigger bills, all these bills that are protecting life. And yet Kansas, which you would, you know, which is definitely a center right state they they they're in a in a position right now where it has become extreme and that's why it's important to ensure uh that this amendment passed that this amendment is basically it gets approved it passes because kansas are going to need to decide on august 2nd which direction they want to take the state and and decide if they're going to protect the life of the unborn and also protect women because women and these babies are they're the victims of the abortion industry the abortion industry prevents them from really giving the women the information they need to be uh to make the right decision and that's why this value them both amendment is so critical uh to, to you know to get through um at, at this critical moment i'm so glad you mentioned the word triggered 
because, um, you know, there are states, Missouri is one of them, that have trigger laws and should Roe be overturned. And, and we, I, I probably will ask you about that in a minute, but should Roe get overturned, Kansas will really be an outlier state if we don't pass value them both because then you'll have Oklahoma with you know bans Texas with bans Missouri with bans and then they'll be the haven and everybody can come to Kansas and abort your baby. Yeah, and remember that puts you along with a uh, very uh, what I would say blue states, liberal states like California and New York where you're having a lot of these woke corporations now saying, "Well, don't worry, we'll pay for your travel, get a first class ticket and then you can go get an abortion at one of these states. And so I think for Kansas, especially just, I mean, being there and knowing the people, it's, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit with what we, what we need in, in the, in the state of Kansas. And that's why this passage of the value them both amendment, it really is the only way um, to protect what we have our existing pro-life laws. Um, And it really hones in on three critical parts, which is that of, you know, preventing taxpayer-funded and late-term abortions from coming to the state, and also making sure that you can't just drop off your, you know, teenage girls can't just be dropped off at the abortion clinic without parental consent. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to the fact that the abortion industry has con- they've continuously lied to women. They don't really give them the options. They don't give them an ultrasound. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it really hurts everybody, everybody involved. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, abortion industry and, and what their messaging is, because I think one of the most essential things for pro-life advocates is for us to get our messaging out there, because we both know the pro-abortion f- folks are poised to spend millions demonizing and misrepresenting this vote. We just saw that they committed, I think it was $150 million to spend in just a few, a handful of states this election cycle. Kansas is one of those states, and I think it's essential, it's incumbent upon pro-lifers to make sure that we articulate our message, that we let folks know that value them both isn't an abortion ban, for example. It just codifies existing law. Exactly, and I think, you know, that's a great point to make, and Look, we got to ask ourselves a, a bigger question here. Are we going to be uh, basically along the lines in these extreme radical laws where it's abortion on demand, it's a late-term abortion? This is what you see in countries like China and North Korea. I mean, are we going to align ourselves with those countries? Or, you know, when you look at other countries where there are restrictions in place um, and basically not as extreme, and I think that. You know, I think for too long, and this is why I think you're seeing a shift when it comes to where the American people are, they are becoming more pro-life. They don't like this idea of late-term abortions or abortion on demand. And we have made huge strides in the pro-life community to uh, make sure that, you know, that, that we are able to protect the child, that we are the baby, and we are able to protect uh, the women as well. And so... I think that that's why in moving forward with this value them both amendment, it definitely is a way to make sure that the abortion industry is regulated, that we do ensure that they enforce the existing pro-life laws. And we need to be prepared because obviously there's a high likelihood that Roe v. Wade is going to be overruled. And the states are the ones and the voters are the ones who are going to decide the future of protecting the unborn and making sure uh, that their that their rights are protected. We're we're talking with former Trump White House Director of Strategic Communications Mercedes Schlapp. Uh, it's almost like you read minds because that's that's exactly where I was going to go. I wanted to ask you about the uh, you know the recent leaked Supreme Court decision on Roe, the possibility that that is likely to be overturned, and more importantly, the related protests at judges' homes. I'm just curious about what you think on both subjects. So, you know, obviously, you know, we know uh, Brett Kavanaugh and his wife, Ashley, very well. The the girls actually go to school at the same school where my girls go to. And so, look, it's terrifying for these families where they are protesting outside their houses. They're intimidating them. They're trying hard uh, to to basically put this pressure on these justices. This is something that we shouldn't be seeing here in America. There should be, you know, our justices should feel safe in their homes. 
if they want to go ahead and protest outside the Supreme Court, go right ahead. But of course, what they've done is that the police, they put fences and barricades all around the Supreme Court. There aren't no fences or barricades outside the Supreme Court justices' homes. So obviously, Alito had to go, Justice Alito had to leave his house, go to an undisclosed location. And it's just the typical part of the left, which is an outrage, which is they do everything they can to create chaos, to, to, prom- to promote basically violence and scare tactics. And I think it's very damaging to really to our institutions and those who serve our institutions. And, uh, you know, Clarence Thomas addressed this issue about how he's concerned that our institutions are under attack. Um, and, and it's something that we really need to be aware of. Now, in regards to the leak, obviously, I think, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're waiting to see what happened. It was unprecedented. It's something you, nor- you don't see in a, the Supreme Court happen. This leak was purposeful. This leak was to make sure that the Democrats would have enough time to get organized and use this issue uh, come November as a, as a rallying cry for their liberal base. And in essence, I think that you're, you watch these Senate Democrats, excluding Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, basically moving forward and voting in favor of codifying Roe v. Wade with no, no restrictions whatsoever. Right. It right. was abortion on demand. And in essence, obviously it failed, but you know exactly now where the Democrats are. Their head is to be extreme on the issue of abortion. You know, Mercedes, you worked on, on messaging for two administrations in two White Houses, and, and this White House can't even condemn protests at the homes of judges, which is illegal. Instead, they seem focused on blaming, you know, ultra MAGA Americans for, for whatever that is. Um, I mean, Joe Biden was supposed to be the great unifier, and here he is blaming the 74 million Americans that didn't vote for him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, I joke around that Ultra MAGA, they should make it into a credit card because I just signed <laughs> up. I think it's a I think it's a great branding tactic. When I heard it come out of Biden, I'm like, did they really focus group this? I mean, Ultra MAGA is fabulous. Like we should have thought about it. So um, you know, so it just shows how look, the Biden administration and President Biden, they've made it a point to try to demonize anyone who is, quote-unquote, part of the MAGA movement. When I say part of the MAGA movement, I say America First movement. I say those who believe in the importance of not only protecting life, but supporting the Second Amendment and making sure we have secure borders in making sure that American workers are the ones who are taken care of instead of, you know, following in the path, path of globalism and having to depend on other countries for our energy and for our supplies. So in essence, you know, that, that's the, what the, the Biden administration has done. They've tried to demonize and at the end of the day, try to divide us. And when you see the press secretaries, basically, uh, you know, it was Jen Psaki at the time, and now we have uh, uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre, like they both are, they really give a pass to any of the protesters going to the justices' homes. And, and, I, and it's really horrifying because these justices, many of them have families. Their kids shouldn't have to be exposed to this. And again, like I say, of course, I'm all about peaceful assembly. Do it at the Capitol building. Do it at the Supreme Court. Do it at the White House. Don't go to their private residency. residence. There should, you know, be law. There are laws in place that if you are protesting, that you could be fined or in, or in prison or charged for a crime. Uh, but they instead they call it, quote unquote, walk bys where they can walk by the justices home they're technically protesting and they can get away with it. And so they're not charged or not fined. And it's, it's even more than that. Just this week, the department of justice warned about potential violence from pro uh, pro abortion advocates. If the, or when the Supreme court decision is finally released and the new white house press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre refused to condemn it. I mean, they, they all but excused it in advance. Well, they did this with Black Lives Matter. They yeah. did this with Antifa. Mostly they peaceful protests. <laughs> yes, they find an excuse to say it's totally fine to burn a city down because they're angry, you know. But and then so for them, that's like their justification. And it's like no, but when when you have Black Lives Matter or Antifa burning down a city, it's minority businesses that are affected. It's you know it, it is the community that's affected in these 
in these cities. And that's what's horrifying. And so it is a double standard coming from the Biden administration, uh, because if there's anyone on the right that protests, which actually a lot of my friends, I just had lunch with two very uh, strong pro-life activists. And we were having this conversation that what they have seen on the ground is that really the pro-choicers are not, or the pro-abortion protesters, there's not a lot of them. They're loud, but they're not a lot. It's actually the pro-lifers who are out there praying and, uh, you know, and obviously supporting the justices that they make the right, the right decision. And so it's been an interesting phenomenon to watch this transition, because at the end of the day, what's also happening is, is that while, you know, there are those who are activists in this movement, the average American is trying to figure out how they're going to pay for their gas. Right. They're trying to figure out how they're going to pay for their food. They're trying to find baby formula. There's all these big issues that are also impacting uh, where what, what people are thinking and how frustrated they are with the current state of affairs. Well, you know, and, and then a lot more thing, a lot, a lot of things that are more important to folks than this. And I think you're right. Things that are more pressing than yelling in front of judges' homes. Um, if folks are interested, you guys, like I said, you and Matt are coming to Wichita. It's the Value Them Both educational event and rally. It's coming up Monday, June 6th from 7 to 8.30. The check-in is at 6. It's at Central Christian Church. The tickets can be found at ValueThemBoth slash forward slash events. We've got a link to it at the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. And again, at ValueThemBoth.com forward slash events. And if people are interested in following you, I follow you on Twitter at Mercedes Schlapp, and it's conservative.org. That's CPAC. I've been to CPAC stuff. That's phenomenal events. But those are the best ways to get in touch with you, right? That is right. And you can also follow us at CPAC. And I just want to, you know, I want to have a shout out for the Kansans for Life. They're such an incredible organization. Um, You know, they do amazing work every day to really ensure that they speak up and on, on behalf of the unborn and really fight back against these radical abortion policies. And so we're so proud of, of you know, working with them and, and helping them out to hone in and spread the word on, this, on the values for both amendment, which we think is crucial, especially during this time where we know we're going to see changes uh, in Roe v. Wade and, and really see changes happening in these states. Well, Mercedes, uh, you and uh, you and Matt are awesome. We we love you guys. It's going to be great to have you back in Wichita. Can't wait to see you both. Thank you again for joining us this evening and, and carry on the fight. Thank you. You too. God bless. Make sure again that event is coming up on Jan- June sixth, January. That's ah, going to be a long way away. Now. June sixth at Central Christian Church. You can find out information on the event at the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. Stick around. We're going to take your calls coming up here. Well, now you're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We ask Kansans about their driving habits. Trayvon, do you always wear your seatbelt? Uh, yeah. Yes. Really? Yes. What would your grandma say if she caught you driving or riding without one? She'd be like, I taught you better than that boy. <laughs> Click it, Kansas. If not for yourself, for Grandma. A message from the Kansas Department of Transportation and your Kansas law enforcement community. Weather brought to you by Rustiac Ford. After a dry afternoon, the pattern looks increasingly wet the next few days. A slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, increasing clouds at 51. Showers look likely for Monday. Even a rubble of thunder, 62. Heavy rainfall, a possibility Monday night. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. The Donbass region of Ukraine remains a target for Russian forces. In Bakhmut, a town in the Donbass region, a Russian airstrike destroyed a university building. In recent days, Russia has launched strikes often killing or injuring civilians. Here in the Kharkiv region, Russian troops are shelling the northern part of the city. Fox's Trey Yingst. The highest inflation in 40 years is pushing up prices on essentials like gas and groceries. National Economic Council Director Brian Dees telling Fox News Sunday the economy is in transition.
transition. On Fox Report, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn reacted. In November, it was COVID, and then February and March, it was Putin's fault. And now they're saying, well, it's an economy in transition. The question is, to what? D's acknowledging higher costs, noting the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates to slow inflation, and the Biden administration is reducing the federal deficit. America's listening to Fox News. Local radio continues to stand out among all audio platforms. Why? Because local radio broadcasters are one of you. Members of the community who see, care about, and understand what's going on in our hometowns. Local radio supports businesses and schools while also providing breaking news and weather, plus local events coverage and entertainment. Staying connected to our communities is at the heart of what we do. Trusted, accessible, free. Kansas broadcasters remain focused on you. When a child is abducted, the first three hours are the most critical in saving their life. When you hear an Amber Alert, visit ksamber.org and keep listening to this radio station for the latest updates. If you see the child or the abductor, call 911 immediately. Every second counts. Saving a life is within your reach. We must all help to bring them home safely. This message is brought to you by the Kansas Bureau of Investigation. I'm attorney Tyler Patterson. A car wreck never happens at a convenient time. If you're hurt in a wreck over the weekend, don't wait for Monday to get the help you need now. Seek medical help right away and then call us. I'm attorney Gary Patterson. At Patterson Legal Group, we're your 24-7 injury attorneys. We are available anytime to get you the help you need, so don't wait for Monday. Call Patterson Legal Group right away, and we'll get working on your case immediately. For a beautiful look that protects and stays clean, choose Dutch Boy Paint from Menards, now all 11% off. Get quality products with smart technology like mildew-resistant coating, stain shield, and dirt-resistant paint and primer in the award-winning Dutch Boy Twist and Pour containers. Get 11% off everything, including the full line of Dutch Boy paints, now at Menards. Good through May 30th. Savings are mail-in rebates. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Ford Motor Company's President's Award is presented to Ford dealerships for achieving the highest level of customer sales and service satisfaction. For the best sales and service experience, shop Wichita's only President's Award winning dealership for two years running. Rusty Eck Ford. Visit RustyEckFord.com. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you to stay informed with up-to-the-minute news while working from home, tooling around the garage, homeschooling the kids, whatever. Just download the Odyssey app or tell Alexa or Google Home to play KNSS radio. And, of course, make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and True Social pages. And follow me on Twitter, at John R. Whitmer, to get all the latest updates on the show. A couple quick uh, housekeeping initiatives here. Uh, don't, don't forget applications for the 2022 class of the Kansas Republican Party's Men's Leadership Series are now being accepted and can be made online by June 1st through the MLS website, mls.ks.gop. And... Don't forget that Value Them Both Week of Action event with Matt and Mercedes Schlapp. It's a great opportunity to learn about the Value Them Both Amendment and how you can get involved with that incredible grassroots mobilization effort. It's uh, being held at Central Christian Church on Monday, June 6th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Check-in begins at 6. More information is available on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page and it value them both forward slash events. So got a couple of great events, a couple of cool things coming up. Make sure you uh, you check them out. Information available on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. Jim, you're on the John Whitmer Show. Thank you for sticking around. Appreciate you. What's up? Yes, well, I was been listening to the show, hoping value them both, that there would be some information about the question number two that deals with the power grab of the state legislature in 
taken over the Kansas Supreme Court. And I didn't hear one word. I didn't even hear a simple T-H-E reference. I'm not aware of anything in the amendment that has the legislature taking over any, as far as I know, and I'm pretty familiar with the amendment, I've read it thoroughly. Uh, What do you mean about the legislature taking over the power of the Supreme Court? Over the power of the Supreme Court, taking over the power of the selection of the oh Supreme judges appointees. You're you're talking about about changing so that what that that will require a second that would require amending the Kansas Constitution to change how judges are appointed to the Kansas Supreme Court. It has been tried before. They tried it once when I actually when I was a freshman in the House, we tried that to put that on the ballot. Failed by two votes because it takes a supermajority when I was in. Um, it, it still would take a supermajority. That, that is not part of this ballot initiative. That has nothing to do with value them both. Value them both is strictly codifying existing laws. If you are interested, and I, I fully support changing the way Kansas Supreme Court justices are elected. Right now we have an archaic, outdated system where the only state in the entire country that uses this elitist way of selecting our Supreme Court justices where the members of the bar, members of the Kansas bar, select our judges. They pick three names. They give the three names to the governor, and the governor has to choose one of those three names. It's not Democratic. It's not representative whatsoever. And they're appointed to a lifetime appointment. And it's asinine. Why don't we do a federal model, if nothing else? If you don't want us to do a direct election, do a federal model. Have have them, you know, Senate confirm, much like well, we do we, in the Supreme I thought, Court. I thought, we had a, I thought we had a confirmation. No, nope, nope. Yeah, we do. No, not for the Supreme Court. Not for the Kansas yeah, Supreme the Court. Yeah, for the Kansas State Supreme Court. Nope. We got a confirmation vote. When somebody gets appointed, you get a you get a retention vote is what you get. You do not get and you get a retention vote. And nowhere in the history that it has never occurred in the history of our state has any Supreme Court justice ever not been retained. And that's because of the power of incumbency and the fact that the Bar Association dumps tens of thousands of dollars into retaining these judges. It's a corrupt system. It's it's strictly run by the Bar Association. It, literally, they're about in the state. There are about twelve thousand lawyers who are a member of the bar, but not all of them vote because they're busy, they're lazy, they don't want to bother. When I was serving on the House Judiciary Committee, we had four days of hearings on this, and on average, anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand members of the bar actually bothered to vote on these nominees. So you literally have Kansas Supreme Court justices being picked by as few as 1,500 lawyers. That's it. That shows you how undemocratic this thing is. So we definitely need to change it, but we can't do it with the existing legislature because they don't have the votes. So that's what it is. But that is not to value them both. That is a wholly separate issue. And trust me, I, I fully support uh, switching it. I, I would I would absolutely Support wholeheartedly support changing our the way our judicial Supreme Court justices are uh, are changed. But thank thank you, Jim. I appreciate you you calling in. Whew. Boy, would I love to change that. <laughs> I mean, Tony, what do you think? It's it's archaic. Yeah, um, I and we talked about this before. I mean, in a couple of years ago, actually, we talked about this. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it is. Uh, I think we talked about it when they were bringing up a new person. Yeah, yeah it, and, it's it's and so I elitist to you about how that works, and I. And um, as you explain it, it's common sense that it doesn't really. It's just it's it's not democratic. There's no representative. I mean, that's the one thing that gets me in the whole process is even the governor doesn't really have any say. They they give her three names. That's it. They have to pick one of the three names. It's it, it and and that's the only quote unquote representative nature to it. So yes, you elect your governor, but even then they don't get much of a choice. They got to pick one of the three. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, we have uh, a few minutes left. I wanted to ask you about what your thoughts are on sports betting. I'm not sure how much minute time we have, but, you know, that, that passed. Oh, the bill, yeah. Now, we're, not, it's not official yet. I know there's a lawsuit in there. Involved. It passed, yeah. and the governor signed it. And the same day she signed it, the folks down in Winfield or in yeah, uh, Mulvane, Mulvane sued. Yeah. 
very same day. Yeah. They didn't have to sue. They had, yeah. they have, uh, I think it was 30 days or 45 days, but they filed their lawsuit on the same day. Yeah. So they're anxious. Um, I've been told by insiders who are very familiar with this, knock yourselves out. That lawsuit ain't going anywhere. Yeah. It, it's going to get thrown out. But they're suing. Um, but what will end up happening, Phil Ruffin is going mm-hmm. all forward. He is all in. Yeah, that's the Yeah, he yes. has that dog park yes. up north. He is it's been all closed. in. It will yeah. not be dogs. There no, will be yeah. no dogs. Yeah, but yeah. he is going to spend a lot of money renovating the Wichita Greyhound Park. Yep. It, it it could be upwards. I've heard anywhere of six hundred, three hundred to six hundred, nine hundred new employees, new jobs. Wow. There's going to be thousand, I believe, of the paramutual games. These are not slot machines. These okay. are historic paramutual, yep. which is basically a, a slot style machine, a you know, a sit nat machine that shows you snippets of horse races from the past, and you're betting on that race with other people who are sitting there at other slots betting okay. on that race okay. and the outcome of that particular race. So it's sort of like a slot machine, but it's not a slot machine. Yeah. And they'll also do simulcasting of live races from across the country. Yeah. So, but there are no dogs, but from what I understand there, it's going to be an incredible location. He's going to spend a lot of money to renovate it. I imagine he'll do events there. I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, open up some convention space because, yeah. um, you know, Phil Ruffin. I mean, yeah. he's <laughs> that's that's uh, what Treasure Island is his. Yes. Um, he knows how to do. He's Vegas, baby. Yes, he is. So yeah. it's going to be classy, I'm sure. And it's a chunk of revenue. Ten percent of the revenue. There's a 10 percent fee for the sports betting. So that it all goes to the state. So the state will make money. But I'm sure Phil Ruffin, once he gets a chance, is going to open these up and yeah. be a great opportunity for new jobs in Cedric County, new exactly. jobs and. You know, if people like the game, I'm not a big horse betting guy, but, you know, heck, I'd go yeah. out there and try it. I, and I've been in a casino. I don't remember where it was where they had horse betting on the video screens. Like, right. that. it was interesting. And there were a lot of people in the area. It was a certain area of a casino off to one side. I don't remember where it was at, but it wasn't Vegas, but it's somewhere else. But anyway, that it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, Phil Ruffin, we're in a building that Phil Ruffin out. Yeah, that's right. The radio studio here on uh, East uh, Douglas. And of course, he has the Hyatt and the Marriott oh, yeah. here. And, well, and uh, so she signed the bill uh, allowing sports betting. That's a separate issue. Yes. Sports betting could begin, from what I understand, the regulators are already working to get the rules and regs in place, yeah. sports betting in Kansas could begin as early as the fall yeah. because the, here's the key. Oklahoma and Missouri didn't pass it. So they're really looking for the opportunity to let Kansas yeah. make money exactly. and have a unique opportunity for Kansans go to online and go online apps. on their apps, right? And there'll be establishments that'll be able to do it. Yes. So uh, you know, it could be a lot of fun. I'll try and reach out. Maybe we'll have Dan Hawkins on again next week. We could talk to him, get a little more clarity on it. But could be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you, John. Could be fun. All right. Thank you for sticking around, folks. Great show. Stick around. Join us next week. we got a lot planned. In the meantime, carry on, fellow deplorables. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.